0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution's in full swing, but not everything is just so cutting edge, new, real, modern, and digital. We have a fantastic American institution that is just celebrating its 246th birthday, that is the United States Marine Corps. And our very good friend, Christian Anschutz, uh, no longer active service, but a captain in the United States Marine Corps is with us. Gonna talk a little bit about tradition, leadership, and some of the other virtues of the Marine Corps and what that can mean in our crazy world today. Christian, welcome. Always a pleasure to have you.
1: Well, it's always a pleasure to be here. And and, uh, thank you, by the way, for uh, having me uh, talk on this other momentous day, which is Veterans Day. And I know that there very likely is going to be a production period where this won't be released on Veterans Day. But to all the listeners... Uh, This was timed in a a very special fashion, and we're recording this on Veterans Day, which is a day that actually should mean something to all of us, whether we serve or not. So thank you for having me on your show. Uh,
0: Of course, um, Christian, just bumping around my family. I know it's uh, Coast Guard, Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, and Navy. So uh, yeah, best people in the world.
1: It also probably uh, with that kind of family mix, it probably also makes for some of the best infighting jokes. All in good in nature, all in good humor, of course. But no one likes to uh, make fun of one another, like one military service over another, it's no, part no. of the charm of it all.
0: <laughs> it never happens, right? Never made, ne- never uh, any uh, swaps going around, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, my uh, my my dad was in the Navy, and my brother was in the Army, and and I like to say that you know, as the youngest child. Uh, of that family, you know, my dad, and uh, of course, even my older brother, they just simply wanted me to do better. And so I did. And I joined the Marine Corps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was selfless on their part. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, (laughs) speaking of the USMC, it sounds like uh, you, uh, you were part of a a celebration there. And with, uh, you know, a, a pretty big number of some of your best friends there. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that thing of You know, what is that, uh, that over time, 246 years, this notion of connectedness and camaraderie and shared purpose. And I think what you referred to as high performance culture. Uh, I know it's a big loaded question, but just jump into this, Chris, you know, how does something like that happen? And what is the lesson maybe that some organizations today could try to learn a little bit from this?
1: Well, I mean, let's leap right into it. But let me restart by reversing the question. So, um, Bob, if I remember correctly, you worked for Oracle. You might have worked for, did you work for SAP? I did. Yeah, and then I I think you worked for, what, Information Week? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, I can barely remember where I've worked over my years. So, I mean, can you imagine running into your colleagues from any of those three great institutions, by the way. They're great organizations, right? Can you imagine running into them, uh, uh, maybe uh, on a a special day that was uh, unique to that organization where as soon as you saw them, you had a rekindled spirit, you had a a shared identity, despite incredibly different and uncommon backgrounds, but you came into it, uh, into this, uh, this, this reunion, if you will. And some, by the way, still from Oracle or SAP or from Information Week, you know, all, old, new, present, and uh, just embracing one another, thinking about how one of the sole and most important things that they can do is continue to work to honor the tradition and uphold to the best of their ability the reputation of the organization. Can you imagine how that feels?
0: Um, I, I can't. You know, each of those places was pretty special, but um, no, I think uh, there is a there's a there's an impermanence to it, Christian. Right, you're there. It's very special while you're there, and it doesn't that doesn't go away when you leave. But as you leave, right, that that feeling of connectedness and maybe unique, special quality about it diminishes some. I'm not there anymore. It's not a part of you, and you sort of let it go. Well, you know, you just said it beautifully
1: because it's not a part of you. But there's a thing that the, the Marine Corps has that uh, you know get a whiff of it. able to you know taste it feel it you would want it for the rest of your life because it it is that 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 feeling that i I asked that question as if that was a crazy thing to imagine but that's what it's like to be a united states marine and it's a it's a title it is a mantle that we wear most of us by the way some do forsake it and and by the way there are no acts or former marines unless you are dishonorably discharged otherwise you are all United States Marines, regardless of where you came from, regardless of your rank, regardless of your time and service. And when they come together, it is a reminder of what is important to all of us. And it has a lot to do with even in a higher institution or a bigger institution, at least hierarchically, which is, well, represented by this flag that you may or may not be able to see on my screen. And, and, you know, I hope other countries have organizations that feel that way about their flags. This is not a uniquely American thing, but we're talking to a largely American audience, I think. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you you have a, a bunch of organizations that act and behave this way, but particularly the United States Marine Corps has got a tradition of service, a tradition of looking beyond the individual, of looking to their sisters and brothers, as a force to up- I use the tradition and protect the citizenry of the United States. And it's an important thing. And, that, and, and that's got a lot to do with Veterans Day. Even though yesterday, November 10th, is the Marine Corps birthday and today is the 11th and, and Veterans Day, I'm really kind of talking about the veteran portion of it. However, when you have an organization that is so steeped in tradition, so steeped in, um, in, in behavioral norms, where there's a standard of behavior that everybody is trying to maintain at a high level. It's why you get high performance out of this organization. And, and, And there are very, very few, and particularly our enemies, that don't admit to the fact that the United States Marine Corps is the most feared, most revered, most professional fighting force in the world. And it's because of this behavior, this belief that it's all our responsibility to uphold the reputation of the organization and the protection of our citizenry. And you can imagine what that would be like if you were facing down a battalion of these men and women that were steadfast in wanting to uphold that reputation. There's some real power to that. It's it's hard to describe, and yet it is widely known, and it is known across all the military forces uh, across the whole world.
0: It might be an impossible question, but um, for us folks who have not gone through that, what are the what are the markers? What helps to stamp that unique quality and that sense of brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie, commitment, uh, and the timeless quality of that commitment? <laughs>
1: That's a, such a great question. I mean, because I was uh, active duty for a number of tours. I did some reserve time and some other um, uh, work for the Department of Defense and uh, and, and uh, our, our country. And I would say that uh, it's been my pursuit to figure out how to bottle at least a small element an essence of this in the organizations that I've gone. And I've done Some of it, I've I've had some progress, and and I've been quite proud of of the organizations I've been a part of that have adopted some of the aspects of it, but it's very hard to achieve in the corporate world. And yet, it should be our goal, because we're all talking about being part of high performance teams, where we care about performing to a high standard of performance. And now getting to your uh, question, well, I think, actually, I partly answered it. There's an issue of, or or, uh, there's a standard. Mm -hmm a standard, a standard behavior, a standard of conduct. If we talk about leadership in general, leadership isn't as much about what you allow. It's about what you forbid. And the Marine Corps is very explicit about what it forbids. It's, it's one of the most diverse workforces. The Department of Defense is one of the most diverse workforces in the United States, if not the most diverse. It was the most diverse at one time. I'm unsure if it still is. So let's just assume it's at least one of the most diverse. And yet, despite its diversity, there, there is a standard of behavior that says, we are going to act this way and we are going to behave within this structure, within this mindset, not because it's arbitrary, but because when we all behave in a certain way, regardless of where we came from, we've become united in our ability to execute that which is most important, which is the mission at hand. And it is that strict adherence to standards Now, this might be a little sensitive. I'll I'll give you an example. So there was a time when I first went in, there was a distinction between they they would say Marines and they would say WMs for women Marines. That's long gone. It's just Marines as it should be just Marines. And there was a reason why in the Marine Corps, there was a perceived naming a need for a different name is because, well, I mean, the men would do this kind of physical activity and, and, and have to handle these kind of weapons in these kind of circumstances. And, and the women at the time didn't, or they had to do less, like they might not have to run as far or carry as much or, or whatever, regardless of the stature of the man or the woman or whatever. And, uh, you know, somebody wisened up and said, you know what, our, our, our male Marines and our women Marines are both entirely capable, and there should be only one standard of performance. And that one standard is what they all perform to, regardless of where they came from or regardless if they're identifying as a male or a female. There's a single standard. And when any standard is met by anybody, and this is the magic of it, this is where high performance comes from, the organization polices itself. Now, this is the one secret, okay? This is what corporate America could do better, is build a culture of accountability where everybody is accountable to enforcing the standard of high performance, however you define that, however you define that. Because what happens is like in the Marine Corps, I'll give you a simple example. It's generally perceived as a very, very bad etiquette to walk around with your hands in your pocket. I don't expect that to translate well to the civilian sector, it's just, it's a behavioral thing, okay? And now if I'm an officer and I'm walking around, you know, uh, a base, and I'm in uniform, I have my hands in my pocket. That Lance Corporal walking by is expected to say something to that officer, like, uh, uh, yeah, nice having your hands in your pocket or something like that. Because remember, our job is to uphold the reputation. There's nothing more stinging than to have someone correct you, especially someone that is hierarchically, hierarchically excuse me, subordinate. And so what that does is it creates a behavior where you don't see a lot of people walking around with their hands in their pockets. And again, it's a very, very simple example, but when you start talking about higher levels of performance and more critical functionality, um, and you get to the understanding that the worst thing you can do when you're a United States Marine is disappoint the uh, women and men to your left and the right, the ones that count on you, then you have a totally different organization. And if I could, just for a second, I want to tell a story. It's it's a bit of a tear-jerker. It happened just last night at the Marine Corps birthday. One of our medal of, uh, uh, excuse me, one of our VIPs was a uh, a Marine who was of a uh, very distinguished uh, service, and he was uh, injured in combat. I'll, I'll just call him uh, Eddie. And uh, he was at the Marine Corps birthday. He was one of our uh, VIPs. And he's a, a normal-looking guy in every way, except for he has two plus sex. He has... He has no lower limbs uh, or arms. And he got up last night, as a number of us did, to present and and talk about a a number of different things. And this this Marine, who, you know, you can imagine, he's holding a mic. It's a little awkward, um, because he's got almost like Captain Hook pinchers. I don't don't know how to describe it. I'm not trying to belittle it. It's, it's, It's how it looked. And he's holding this mic, and he gives a speech, and then he says completely ad hoc he goes you know one of the things i'm most proud of is that when i sustained that my injuries it was even injured and under fire i accomplished my mission and i did not let my team down i did what i needed to do so they could do what they needed to do we could accomplish the mission and then we licked our wounds afterwards and this is coming from somebody who doesn't have hands anymore yeah You don't wanna recreate that in corporate America, not in this totality. And thank goodness for that. However, it would be really nice if we all felt that way, that one of the biggest sins we could uh, 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 make, if you will, if you allow me to use the word sin, the biggest faux pas, if you will, that we could make in the work environment is to let our team or organization down. Could you imagine what an Oracle, an SAP or an InfoWeek would be like if that's how everybody felt. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, <clears throat> I'm a little reluctant to try to follow on that, Christian, but um, I think that, um, you know, those unique circumstances of the Marine Corps and, and all the military services aside, uh, what you're talking about there, I think is the highest thing, right? Because, you know, everybody, you hear organizations talk about we can do more together than we can do individually, you know. And I get that; it's true, right? But too often they they seem to be in companies, and I'm not speaking particularly the ones where I've worked. I think it's true of almost every company today, unfortunately, that they too often those things are, uh, you know, plaques to put on the wall rather than values to be cherished and embraced within the organization, and if necessary policed a little bit within the organization, you know, your story about, I thought it was gonna be, you know, the officer telling you know, the lower ranking person, hey, get your hands out of your pockets, but it goes in both directions. And that I think Christian is that thing about accountability and right. It's okay to have hierarchies in companies uh, because that's in some ways it helps to get work done, but there ought to be something that transcends that, right? Like, um, You and I talked several months ago about, you know, a company where the founder is still referred to by everybody in the company as doctor. And it just, it's absurd, uh, right, in some ways, right? Uh, How much of a diminishing or chilling effect does that put on people from saying what they really think? You know, uh, we've got two sets of policies here. Most people get called by their first name, but not the founder. So what can or can I say to him? What should or shouldn't I do? Is this a a rule that in the company or policy that really, really matters? Or is this one we can fudge? And how about that one? And how about that one? So you start down that slope, right? And everything becomes fungible. Everything becomes, well, yeah, but. And there's no absolutes. And I think in the absence of that, uh, it's really hard to create anything that's particularly special or distinctive because you've you've sort of, You've sort of told people, hey, we don't really have a sense of values here. We don't have a sense of, you know, you will not cross this line if you want to be part of this organization. And I don't know, Krishna, I would hope that these days more and more people as it becomes more a, uh, a market driven by the individual or the employee, where do I want to go work? Uh, I I hope that there's going to be a tendency more and more toward those places that give us that opportunity to feel special, not because we get patted on the head or told we're special, but because of our behavior and our, and and, you know, to your excellent point there about uh, the accountability and making uh, part of the, the deepest part of the culture being, you know, the very worst you can feel is when you let your teammates down. That, you know, you put that out there where everybody embraces it. I think you're well on your way as you were describing to that high-performance organization.
1: Well, and to our listeners that go, well, I mean, it's Veterans Day and, and yesterday was the Marine Corps birthday and, and, and Christian and are they're, they're talking about things that, you know, are really related to Veterans Day and the Marine Corps birthday. How does it apply to corporate America? Well, it isn't a one-for-one translation and that, and that is certainly true. However, to your point, when we and we talked about this in a previous conversation when we don't set standards of behavior and or we have started of hierarchical standards of behavior which is um you know uh, old adages right don't do as i do do as i say right and then we again and also going back to things we've talked about when you when your only real mechanism is not to inspire people to be better and perform at a higher level because it's, a, it's, it's important to them and for the people around them and for the other people around them to make it important to them, you know, in this sort of virtuous circle and cycle, then you get down to the point where you're only enticing them to show up at work for the basis of, uh, for, the, for receiving a paycheck. Yeah. And then, you know, when that's it, you know, the next highest paycheck wins and there's no loyalty and maybe organizations don't really actually deserve loyalty anymore. Well, some of them don't. Certainly the Marine Corps engenders it still to this day. And I can't help but think for the people that go, well, Christian, you can't scale that. I mean, how do you scale something like that? Well, the Marine Corps is a couple hundred thousand people, and that's that's a pretty good size organization. Yeah. And it can be scaled. But you have to have committed leadership over a pro- prolonged time that is operating within the guidelines of a tradition and a legacy that is set in concrete. But not so much that it doesn't change with society and advancements. This is the thing. People go, oh, well, the Marine Corps, it's old school. I mean, it's just, it's old. It's, it. Okay, I encourage everybody, take three minutes. Every year, the Commandant of the Marine Corps releases a message, a Marine Corps message, a happy birthday message to the Corps. Just watch it. And watch how they talk about the future of our country and our core and how it is based on the tradition and the legacy of the past. And even though the challenges will be different, and they're saying this as someone's putting on a space helmet, and even the approaches will be different. And they're talking about the paradigm shift from you know big conventional wars and theaters, think our last 30 years, to something more fluid, maybe going back to amphibious warfare as an example, Watch the video. You can see that the legacy and tradition is just, it's the bedrock, but it is not plot your course. It simply serves as the foundation. Every course you take is very, very likely to be one that you're successful at. And so I, you know, organizations could do a lot of the same stuff, but there's, there's a leadership principle. There's a, you have to have a long-term vision. You have to lay down in bedrock something that you're going to stick to, regardless of whether the times are good or the times are hard. And you have to understand, you have to understand it's not about what you allow as much as it is about what you forbid. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I imagine there'd be some theorists today who'd say oh well christian you know that's that's old school you know who was anyone to say that something should be forbidden right because there is no there is no right and wrong blah 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 you know all that horse shit uh but i think that's very interesting could you give us just a couple examples of you know on on a up toward the top of the priority list of forbidden things
1: well so i mean you know to all my uh uh, sisters and brothers from uh, different services out there. I mean, th- there's a, there's a reason why everybody says Marines look the best. <laughs> it is for sure the uniform. I mean, even I, I, I'm I'm surrounded with great uh, other members of other services all the time because of some of the work that I do. And you know, the Army, they, everybody, Marine Corps definitely has the best uniforms. They look the best. The physical standards in the Marine Corps are incredibly high as well. I'll never forget. There's a, this gentleman still alive. He was once Commandant of the Marine Corps. Coming up, four-star general. That means the gentleman is older than maybe I am even now. And I remember being a young buck and having to run what we call the PFT, physical fitness test. It's not all that grueling, but you know to get a perfect score, you have to run three miles in 18 minutes. That's three six-minute miles. The math's easy, but I thought I'd throw that out there anyway. 20 dead hang pull-ups. Most people, like 99.9% of our population can't do that. And then it's not a bunch of setups and stuff like that. And the goal is, I mean, that you, you don't pass the test and the, the minimum levels of it. Uh, you, you might get another like a remediation, you get help. Interesting, right? I, I struggle, you get help. Okay, uh, you don't do it again, you're out. But, so that's the forbid, but What's more powerful than the forbidding in that case, although that is powerful, don't get me wrong, I'm not reversing myself, but it's also a fundamental leadership principle of leadership by example. So here's this commandant, four-star general, and he's running a 300 PFT, a perfect score PFT. Now, who am I as a young junior officer to go, oh, I'm too tired, I haven't trained enough, etc., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or to look at my Marines or myself and say, I didn't pass, so you get a buy. Yeah. No, 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 no. There is a standard to be upheld, and we will work to maintain that standard. And if we find we can't, well, then we take other corrective action. Mm-hmm. In corporate America, these standards, as you said, are fungible. I mean, when, when, is, when a CEO, I mean, I'll give you how many, how many times have we read about this in the news? Or, candidly, personally experienced it we are struggling to make our numbers. We are struggling to make our numbers. We are going to tamp down on all travel unless it's client facing. And yet the CEO and the management team goes out on an expensive junket. Has that ever happened in an organization that you've been around or that you've read about? It happens all the time. What does that mean? Uh, Actually, let's get into this just for a second. I'll tell you what it means. Right now, there is a whole host of companies that because they've lacked the intestinal fortitude to take the hard decisions at the top of the organization and live by sometimes their very own standard, they have let travel budgets just blossom, just just grow insidiously beyond any meaningful measure, because you, know, you don't really wanna tell people they can't travel, right? Some organizations are better or worse than others, okay? But then COVID happens. What happens? Okay, now I don't have to lead. I can now say, hey, no travel, the world's closing down. And everybody would understand that makes sense. Okay. But you're taking advantage of something you could have done yourself. But the big mistake actually, is now the following. You watch, you watch what happens. Okay. They've now because all this has dropped to the bottom line, all the savings and travel, a new expectation is set is what the profitability of the firm is going to be. Watch how they struggle to build the real, meaningful travel back into their budgets, and explain how that's eroding their uh, profitability. Or, or worse yet, then they have to pull one of the few levers they have because most companies don't know how to price on value. That's another story altogether. So, what do they they do? They they uh, price. They they just raise their prices incrementally to cover the cost of their travel. Another inflationary uh, uh, pressure, but this one because we just simply weren't leading in the first place. We weren't leading when we should have, we were saying, hey, no travel and yet we still travel ourselves. We weren't leading when we didn't cut the unnecessary travel out when we should have. And we weren't leading when we should have been setting the expectation that we're all gonna get out of this COVID uh, nightmare. And when we do, this is what normal really is gonna look like and project it and lead towards that. Instead, a new standard has been set and a bunch of bad behavior, Bob, I guarantee you, is about to ensue. We'll see, let's give it six to 12 months and see
0: if Christian's prediction comes true. Yeah, well Christian one thing along those lines that um, I think is just becoming so important today, right? It's it, 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 it's in no way trying to like make this comparable to what you're saying, but um, different executives, leaders in different companies will portray certain things certain values on social media right it's it's i think there's more of an opportunity to for leaders to communicate what they say they believe and it it's it's awfully risky i think for some leaders because they want to say or project a notion of a certain profile that they take but as you just described here man saying stuff is easy doing stuff is can be quite different and there's just more opportunity, more vulnerability, I think, for people in an organization to say, wait a minute, so-and-so said this over here, but I just saw this over here. And Christian, I think this thing today that we hear about, it, and I don't like this term, the great resignation, I mean, I get what it means. But people aren't, uh, they didn't suddenly, you know, tens of millions of people in the U.S. didn't suddenly become independently wealthy where they, they're resigning, they're going to stop working, they're, they're going somewhere else. And you were talking about this last episode about why do we not spend a little more time and effort figuring out where are people going and why are they going there, rather than saying, ah oh, they left here because so-and-so offered them more money, I can't match it in my budget. Uh, so th- these cultural dynamics that we're all looking at right now of, of employees feeling like I can go wherever I want. There's lots of job opportunities And I'm going to go where I can be most happy. I think all the things you're talking about, culture, leadership, modeling, uh, a sense of teamwork, a sense of the sacred thing of upholding your teammates. Don't let them down. Do your job. Reach the standard. Exceed the standard. Uh, There's things going on in the workforce now that are going to, I think, make those more important, more widespread than they've ever been before, you know, outside of institutions like the Marine Corps. I think it's a very welcome change coming.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm not afraid to be a little provocative, so I'll be provocative here. And I know there's a number of people that'll absolutely lampoon me for what I'm about to say. I mean, there's always going to be trolls, right? Um, leadership, especially in the corporate ranks, has become very trendy. It's very trendy now. I'll give you an example of it. Okay, I'll give and let's compare it to a very well-known case. This all ties together, by the way, with your previous question with the Marine Corps um why would it be important for the ceo of a firm of say let's call it 20,000 people or it doesn't matter 1,000 100,000 people to state what their political view is is there somehow their political view representative of the organization of all the 10,000 the 20,000 or the 100,000 this is ego Your opinion, your political opinion is irrelevant to what actually matters, which is your ability to provide the product or service to the market. But our executive leaders and their fortified egos and this trendiness of authentic leadership, which is, oh, I got to communicate all sorts of stuff that I should otherwise be quiet about. Um, Yeah. So now we have people actually creating strife within their organizations, just as we are creating it within our country to the detriment of your company. These leaders should know better, but trends are powerful and it takes a lot of guts sometimes to buck a trend. Bucking a trend, hold on. Lieutenant Colonel, remember this Lieutenant Colonel who criticized the staff about the withdrawal from Afghanistan? He faced jail time and he knew he was gonna get kicked out of a military career uh, of what? Almost 17 years, I think, Lieutenant Colonel. He knew what he was doing and he did it because he felt he was obligated, but he knew what the organization would forbid. He knew what he was doing. So you can applaud him or condemn him. It's not really the point, but he did what he felt like he needed to do, but because he knew the organization and its values, he knew there would be consequences. Yeah. The military doesn't get into politics. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't be in politics. What matters, actually, is the mission, which is sort of the corporate equivalent of the products and the services that you're delivering to the market. Maybe the products and services are a little different. Oh, gosh, I hope they are. Um, and yet, you know, there is a real, again, a standard that was upheld. Someone went up against it, and they lost. In the corporate world, the standard is, as you said, fungible, and so anything goes at any given time and trends take hold and people talk about stuff they should otherwise be silent about.
0: Oh, yeah. Interesting. But you get that sense, right? Sometimes people say that because like, well, I have this title and I make this amount of money and people want to know what I what I believe about these things that it, that's not relevant. Uh, yeah, I think it gets to some people's heads. They spend too much time thinking about their image and less time about you know, the more important things, all of what you've described here, Christian, quite eloquently. Um, well, I want to say this is, uh it, it sounds like an incredible 246th birthday celebration. Uh And it must have been quite a party, quite a spirit of camaraderie in that room. And it sounds like an awfully special time, Christian.
1: It was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, You know there's a lot of highlights. Uh, My my personal contribution was a very small speech, but I got to give uh, a really rousing toast and uh, and I was very, uh, very happy to do it and uh, it was received well and very appreciative for By the way, the Marine Corps birthday, uh, the Chicago Marine Corps Foundation for your Chicago based listeners or anybody that hosts these kind of things is a challenge. It, I think it's the second largest Marine Corps birthday in the country. There was hundreds, many hundreds showed up for this and they uh, raise funds for charities. Uh, many tens of thousands of dollars for charities in one night. And uh, in this case, Project Relo was a recipient as was the Semper Fi Fund uh, and one other, which I'm sorry. I, I, Right. I'm kicking myself and I'm forgetting a great, great organization led by this gentleman by the name of Eli, just a fantastic uh, gentleman from the army, by the way. And, uh, you know, so they, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, uh, it was a great evening. It was a productive evening. Funds were raised, charities, uh, benefited and a good time was had by all. We're, we're just waiting for the next 360 some days for the next one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christian, would you be able to, uh, even give a rough idea of the uh, of a site or a place where people could go to take a look at those uh, charities you mentioned and, and perhaps uh, have an opportunity to contribute to those. Well,
1: I, I know you can Google the Semper Fi, uh, Semper Fi Fund, and that's a that's a, a great organization. And of course, you can go to Project Relo Project R E L O dot org. Uh, that was also one of the, the the main benefactors and and participants and contributors to the uh, or, uh, the evening as well, and um, we'll put in comments this other one because I, I should know it. I mean, if, I, I'm just drawing a blank. It, it might be that some of my 246 years is catching up with me because <laughs> it's, it's escaping me. I don't know how.
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a that's a that's a standard that uh, I think the you deserve a lot of tolerance for that. That's okay. 246 (laughs) years is a long time. Well, Christian, this has been great. Uh, It's such a special time for all the military veterans uh, of this country, their families, their spouses, who've done so much for the rest of us. Uh, Yesterday, for you and the United States Marine Corps, 246 years young, uh, and that notion of the standards, you know, and uh, living up to that. Uh, Thank you for sharing some pretty intimate thoughts and wonderful ideas that I hope we can all take and try to aspire to uh, infuse into our own organizations and uh, to the benefit of everybody. Thanks a lot, Christian.
1: Thank you so much. And it's always a pleasure to be with you and Cloud Wars, So thank you.
0: All right, sir. And to all of you, thanks for being with us here with our friend Christian Anschutz talking about some pretty special celebrations here. I hope things are going great for you folks. We'll see you again soon.